Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast Care Package to Japan, where we showcase God's love for Japan through stories of people. I am your host, Evangeline, and today we will be talking with Stephanie Makamo about being in Japan, experiencing loneliness, as well as traveling throughout Japan and experiencing the joy of being in Japan. So let's get started. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Care Package to Japan. Today, our guest is Stephanie Makamo. So, Steph is my awesome friend and a very dear sister to me. I think I've known her since 2011 or 2012, something like that. So, it's been a while. It's been almost a decade, Steph. And yeah, so Steph, Steph lived in Japan, I believe, for a little over five years, or was it six years, Steph? How long has it been?、Uh, it was around five years. Five years. Five years. Yeah. And I had the privilege of meeting her before her journey to Japan, seeing her grow throughout her time in Japan, and also her journey back to the States. And today, Steph will be sharing with her,、uh, with us about her time in Japan. So, hello, Steph. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Evangeline. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah. So, I know you pretty well, but can you give an audience an intro into who Stephanie Makamo is? What are some of the things that are you, that are like, You're passionate about just a little bit about who you are. Yeah, sure. So, like Evangeline said, my name is Stephanie Mikamo. I am a fourth generation Japanese American. So, I grew up with a lot of、um, Japanese culture, but my family was pretty Americanized.、Um, but yeah, you know, I grew up with the culture, but never went to Japan until I was in high school. But we can talk about that later. I,、um, yeah, I came back from Japan last year in April 2020. And since then, I've just been living in the South Bay or Torrance area. Yeah.、Um, can you talk a little bit about? Okay, well, before, before we dive into your first time in Japan, Um, I actually like to ask this question to all my,、um, all my guests. So, what was the last Japanese food that you ate that you recently had? Oh, that I recently had?、Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently had ramen in South Pass or like Old Town Pass. Ooh.、Um, it was like a tonkotsu ramen, and it was pretty good because I was with my friend and、uh, it was really cold. So it was really good to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for, for,、um, can you kind of like explain a little bit about what that is for listeners who might not be aware of what that type of ramen is? Oh, yeah, sure. So, tonkotsu ramen is like ramen broth made out of pork bones. So, it's like stewed in a big pot for like hours. So, then the milky, the broth comes out really milky and a little fatty, but it's so good. <laughs> it's like so warm and filling. But that's、yeah. like the type of ramen broth. Yeah. <laughs> 
did you have that a lot in Japan while you were living there? Um, I did. Ramen was like my favorite food to eat, even though it's a very like guy type of food. Whenever you go in, there's a bunch of like salary men or like um, businessmen that are just slurping ramen noodles. But I used to have it a lot. It was like one of my favorites. <laughs> Yum. Is there like <laughs> an equivalent to, because I, like, yeah, there is that culture of like, ramen being a very guy thing almost kind of like fast food but not fried um Mm -hmm. is there is there like an equivalent of that in the states that you can think of like a dive bar but like not really (laughs) I don't know because it's such a different culture like in Japan I feel like ramen bars and like um even like soba or udon like Mm. you see those type of places at train stations because literally like you know, working people will just go in, eat it really fast for like five minutes and then go onto their train or something like that. But in the States, I feel like uh, there's nothing similar to that, you know, where you just eat for 10 minutes and leave, you know? Mm, So I feel like it's hard to find an equivalent because there's not that kind of culture in the States. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, ramen is so good though. It's so good in the cold. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk a little bit about your first time in Japan. You said it was in high school. Can you talk a little bit about um, why you went and what inspired that trip? Yeah, um, so I went in my senior year of high school and my high school sister schooled with a high school in Kashiwa in Chiba. And um, up until that point, I wasn't that connected with my Japanese heritage or like the culture. So like, I really wanted to take that opportunity to go and visit and just have like a little taste of what Japan is like and kind of learn more about the country and the culture there. So that's what led me to take the trip. It was just one week, so it was pretty short, but it left a pretty big impression on me when I was there. What sort of impression did you feel like it left on you? I think it was very eye-opening in the sense that um, being Japanese-American in the States, um, I feel like I identified more with American culture but going to Japan and like seeing how there were so many things that were familiar that I've grown up with in a different country and um, the fact that everyone in Japan was Japanese (laughs) was kind of surprising but um, I don't know it was so cool to see things that I grew up with in the context of uh, like where it came from yeah where it came from yeah where it originated from it was really cool to see that. Yeah. And did that impact your decision to go back to live in Japan post-college? So so that was so your first trip was during high school, right? Mm-hmm. And then your move to Japan was after was it after college? Yeah, that's right. Um, you, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't say that it uh, influenced me to go later on after college 
because um, in college I went once more. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and then after college I also went another time too before I moved to Japan. So I would say that those two trips before I moved were more um, of a factor in me like moving to Japan like later on. Yeah, can you talk about what made you decide to take the plunge to move to Japan? Yeah, um, well, I feel like it goes back to like my time in college. So in college, um, it was like the year 2011 when the earthquake happened in Tokyo. Um, and when I saw the news about the earthquake and the tsunami and just how devastated uh, the area was, like my heart really broke for the people there. And um, prior to that, actually, I had watched a documentary by Jason Ma called The 1040 Window. And in that window, it talks about like, I think it's like the, I forget, like the, on the map, like that's kind of the window 10 and 40. And that's like where God is like really moving in that area in Asia particularly. And I was really upset because I was like, Japan is just barely outside that window. Why is Japan not included in that? So that had already like been planted in my mind. Yeah. And then, then the earthquake happened and the tsunami and I was like, I felt so helpless. I was a junior in college and I was like, I really want to go and help, but what can I do? Like I have to finish up my time in college and I can't just leave and like go and help right away. So that was like on my heavy on my heart, and I felt like that's when uh, God put Japan on my heart. And then later that year, um, I was supposed to go on a missions trip with a church, but that trip fell through. And then um, in December, like during the winter break, one of my mentors at the time, Satsu, was asking me well, why don't you just go anyways? You know, you don't have to go with a church or a group, but just go by yourself and volunteer in the Tohoku region and visit different churches and stuff. So that became like a vision trip for me. At that time, I was considering missions. Um, And then I went, and that was like a really great trip because it was like my first trip, my first solo trip abroad. And um, I really got to meet a lot of cool missionaries lot of I got to see how like God was working amidst like style and like you know dark times um but yeah I would say that kind of was the catalyst I guess for later trips too yeah while you were living there how did you feel like you were able to experience God's love for you and also for the people in Japan? Yeah. um, When I was living there, so I moved to Japan in 2014 and I was actually working at the high school that um, I went to when I was a high school student. So it's kind of like a full circle sort of thing. But um, I think... Mm, I really felt God's love through the love and generosity of like my coworkers, my Japanese coworkers who didn't really know me, but they extended a lot of love and like kindness to me. And also I feel like um, 
I felt a lot of God's love because it was really lonely, you know, moving to Japan, mm. not really knowing, like knowing anyone. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And like not being super fluent in the language. So I really felt like I had to rely on God a lot in that beginning or that those beginning years. Um, yeah. Can we, can we talk a little bit more about that? Because I think a lot of, um, people get that like initial, um, like, I don't know, like we can call it like passion or like, you know, like God ignites something and they're like, yeah, like let's go change the world. Like let's go to, Mm. go to a different country. Um, at the same time, there is that reality of like, whether it be a different culture or like lack of community, loneliness. Um, Mm. um, Yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about, like, I love for you to share just like some of your experience of, of walking through that, because I think, I I just like, don't think that's like talked enough or talked about that much. Like people don't talk about like, Oh, like I moved to a different country and it's lonely. Like, like people, Mm a lot of times like people highlight like oh my gosh like god is doing this and that and which is which is great like we definitely want to talk about that at the same time i do think there is a a like to be aware of like you know like this is the cost of Mm. doing missions like this is the cost of um of you know like uprooting um one's life from america and going to a different place like like, I don't mm-hmm. think God calls us to be unaware of the cost. So I love for you to just like, I don't know, like talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, you know, Evangeline, because you knew me like before I went to Japan too. But I think leading up to me moving to Japan, I was really supported. I had a lot of like close friends and family, like just praying and supporting me. Um, so once I moved to Japan, Japan, you're kind of like uprooted from all that you're no longer with your friends there's that time difference so they're not just like exactly a phone call away um so it was lonely I think and I think it's hard because you know your friends and family back home don't know the same experiences that you're going through um but I think mm, just realizing just not I think it's so easy when you're like like for me when I was in Japan to feel so alone because I didn't have anyone physically around me I felt that kind of separation from other people in Japan because I couldn't speak the language um but um just remembering that you're not alone although it's very hard to sometimes when you're in the thick of it um but I don't know if that answers. Yeah, your it, it, about it does. It does. And what were some of the things that you felt like in, in retrospect? Like, what were some of the things that you felt like God revealed to you during those seasons of loneliness? Um, yeah. Um, just like the fact that, you know, I think things are easy when you're in community or when you're around people that can support you and you're really in that kind of bubble of that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, it's like your personal relationship with God. Like it's 
what I've learned through that was like, you really have to hone in and like, mm, really lean into the personal relationship you have with him. Um, and that's what it boils down to. It's ultimately you and God when it comes down to it, you know? Um, so that's what I felt like I really learned during those times that even yeah. though like it was lonely, I, I think those were the times when I felt God too, though, you know, like I was lonely um, in terms of like in reality or physically, I guess. But then um, I still felt like his presence though with me, which I think was yeah. and to like focus on, you know, so that's really special. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Um, I appreciate you talking about, yeah, not just like talking about the fun and positive things, but also being willing to share about some of the harder times. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And in terms of being in Japan, um, do you have, I guess, like in retrospect, do you have any, I guess, like advice for people who are currently in Japan and walking through that road of loneliness or that, I don't know, like dark night of the soul? Um, How would you... Like in retrospect, is there anything that you would tell yourself or or is there any encouragement that you would offer to people that are currently walking through that? Yeah, um, I would say like, um, do not be afraid to reach out to people, I think, like whether it is like the community that they have in Japan or like whether it's back home um because it's easy to fall into like oh well they won't understand but I think there's a lot of power you know in sharing and also in having it being heard by someone else rather than keeping it in yeah um yeah because I would say that like um even when I was in Japan, like I think when I did reach out to like my friends at church who were Japanese and of course, you know, there is that cultural difference or maybe they didn't quite understand how I felt. I think they were still there to kind of like support, you know, and be a friend. And I think that was really um, helpful. And I was really grateful for them during those times. Yeah, yeah, like being, was, being with you. Yeah, which I think is like really important. It's not like they have to solve anything, but just, yeah, like sitting with you in it or just being there as like a listening ear, I feel like it's also very comforting. So, yeah, that's yeah. a really good advice. I think for anyone who's listening who are walking through that lonely season and lonely row, um, I just want to encourage any listener to, to reach out to people because... Um, you are loved more than you realize and people want to support you more than you realize. Um, yeah. So I definitely just wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Steph, I also wanted to touch on some of the fun things that you 
did experience in Japan because I know that you love <laughs> traveling and you got to <laughs> do a lot of that in Japan, also outside of Japan, in Japan and outside of Japan. <laughs>、um, I was actually thinking before our recording, like, how many places have I met up with you? And it's, there's been so many. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's been at least、uh, five or six. Like, we've definitely met up in so many different countries together, but also, I think in Japan, mostly Tokyo and Kyoto. We went to Kyoto together. That's right.、Um, and then outside of Japan, we've been to, <laughs> we met up in Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan, we did that trip together. And then、um, Singapore. That's <laughs> right. Last time. And, and I saw you、there? in SF and LA. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I seen <laughs> you in New York before? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. That would have been so cool, though. Okay. Next, next time, maybe New York. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And maybe somewhere in Europe. I don't know. We haven't, we、oh, haven't been. Yeah, yeah. That will be in the works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's really cool.、Um, yeah. yeah, so do you want to talk a little bit about、um, the different places that you got to travel within Japan and what were some of the cool things that you got to experience、um, in Japan? Yeah.、Um, yeah, like I actually did like a little map thing and it tells you, you can mark. How many like prefectures you've been to in Japan? Oh, no way. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's cool to kind of see and like how many you've been to and which areas you've been to the most. But I want to say, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I've definitely been to at least 35 out of the 47 prefectures. No way. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's something 35, maybe a little less than that, but definitely more than 30. But I mean, it's not. That hard to, I mean, if you, you know, a lot of the prefectures are kind of tiny and like they're close to each other. So I feel like Wait, if you is, live there. Is Tokyo a prefecture?、Uh, yeah. Okay. So. so that's like Greater Tokyo is a prefecture and then Saitama is another prefecture. Or is that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that's even、cool. in the Tokyo area, there's like at least four surrounding prefectures. So already <laughs> you can go to like five. But, oh,、um, cool. Yeah, like I would say that I've been up to Hokkaido, I've been down to Okinawa, but I will say that I wish I had gone to、um, Shikoku more, which is like more of the islands of Japan. Like, I mean, Japan is an island, but Shikoku is more of like the smaller islands, like Naoshima, Tashima,、um, and there's like a few others, but it's just so beautiful there, like, because it's in the, the、uh, Seto. Island sea, I want to say.、Um, but it's just so gorgeous there, and it, it's hard to get to, but it's really worth it.、Um, Can you talk a little bit about like geographically where that is for people who are not kind of not familiar with the map of Japan? Yeah, sure. So there's four main areas of Japan. So there's Hokkaido, which is like the northernmost part of it, and then Honshu is the biggest body of the island. So, Tokyo's there, and also like Osaka and Kyoto are also on that one. And then there is Shikoku, which is like the island. Like, there's one major island and then surrounding islands. And then、uh, Kyushu, which has like Nagasaki.、Um, there's also, 
uh, Kumamoto, like other prefectures like that. But it's the southernmost part of Japan, aside from Okinawa. But yeah, so those are like that's kind of the geography of Japan. Would you say, um, would you say in each region there's like really distinct culture and like food and like way of life? Like, what were some of your impressions from visiting these different prefectures and also like major islands? Yeah,、um, I would say that each prefecture. I mean, Japan is so big on omiyage or like souvenirs and stuff like that. So they have all these like particular snacks that are like local to the region.、Um, so I would say that a lot of the food is very、um, distinct depending on which area you go to. Oh, that's fun.、Mm-hmm. So it's really fun. You get to try a lot of the local foods and stuff. Or you'll, it's very like. Bombarded at you, like what's really <laughs> popular in that area. What are what like, are some of the ones that you remember about a particular region, like like、um, a specific omiyage? Hmm. Oh shoot. <laughs>、um, well, like the first that comes to mind, I I live in Chiba, which is like close to Tokyo, but Chiba is known for peanuts.、So、oh really? There are a lot of yeah. It's <laughs> kind of. Interesting, but they would have a lot of peanut、uh, snacks and stuff like that,、um, and also like Yamanashi, which is kind of close to where Mount Fuji is,、um, would have a lot of grapes or like fruits, like peaches and stuff like that.、Um, but I didn't know Chiba was known for peanuts. Yeah, I, I didn't really know either. I think I only knew about it until、uh, I went to like a store that featured Chiba like snacks and stuff like that.、Oh, and I was like, "Okay, peanuts here." That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whenever I think of peanuts, I think of like the Japanese peanut butter, but Japanese peanut butter is very different than the American ones. Oh yeah. yeah no, it's, it's, Not the same. <laughs> I like it though. I really miss that. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's not super creamy. It's almost like a peanut jelly. Like, how would you, how would you describe peanut butter in Japan? Like the, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't had that much Japanese peanut butter. Butter. I was like, this is not peanut butter. <laughs> it's not. It's not peanut butter. It's, it's like not, sugar. <laughs> it's like it peanut is, sugar.、Yeah. Peanut sugar because I feel like there's no like yeah it's a lot thinner in consistency I feel like and not as creamy and thick which I think is what American peanut butter is like right yeah、so、I feel like that's what the difference is but <laughs> that's so funny yeah I I miss it I think I just really like sugar and I also <laughs> like peanuts so it's like the perfect combination for me and put it on some like really thick Japanese fluffy toast、mm. oh, so good. That does sound really good. Oh yeah, I just miss I miss the fluffy bread in Japan. Oh <laughs> yeah. Do you have food that you miss? Um, I do. Like、uh, ever since moving back, I try not to eat Japanese food that much because I'm like, <laughs> for one, it's like the price point. I'm like, it's way too expensive over here. Oh、um, yeah. And two, it's like not the same. But I think what I miss in Japan. Like food from Japan, 
Oh gosh. I don't know. Like I do miss like the ramen. I, there was one place that I would go to a lot, not ramen, but um, there's like a standing sushi bar called Midori. And I used to work at a college after the high school, I worked at a college in Ikebukuro and like under the station in the station mall, there was like a standing sushi bar and you just order sushi from like a list. And it was so good and it's so affordable and cheap. Like I would get full off of like, uh, 1200 yen which is like 12 dollars for sushi so i was like this is amazing wow yeah i really miss that i think yeah i think food in japan is just a whole nother level like it's really not comparable to japanese food in the states yeah no and the portion sizes too i still am not used to portion sizes in the states (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are there places you would want to go back to? Um. Yeah. Like I've been like trying to you know plan a trip back to Japan ever since I moved back. But um, I think particularly I would just want to see the people and like the friends that I've made when I lived there. Um. So I would definitely want to go back to like the area that I taught in. But also, I would want to try to visit, like, other areas, like, um, I still haven't been to Kyushu, so I would want to go somewhere down there. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. Have you? I have. I have. Where did you go? I went, I think, two, three years ago, Mm -hmm. and then... Let me look up the name of the island that I went to because I went to I went to one specific island and it was where me um, like Studio Ghibli inspire Princess Mononoke. Um, So it was like this tiny island off of Kyushu and it's like I have to go to Kagoshima and then take a boat there so it, it's called Yakushima so the island's called Yakushima and it's it's where um where like Miyazaki really got the inspiration for Princess Mononoke um, because the island is like covered in green moth moss and it's like there's like wild deer wild boar like absolutely beautiful so I think that's where he got a lot of his um like nature inspiration from and i do recommend that island like if you haven't been i really recommend it it's it's a two hour boat ride from kagoshima so it's a little it's like it it takes it takes a bit to get there (laughs) um but i recommend it it's super fun it's like for people who are up for adventure yeah yeah definitely i I, that's definitely on my bucket list like i really want to try to go there someday yeah so cool. yeah but yeah going back to the topic of um the people that you met in japan um what like whenever i talk to people like of course like the food is great and japan is beautiful um but oftentimes like the thing that the the, the thing that really like tugs at people's heartstrings are the people in Japan um so could you just like describe in your own words um what the people in Japan 
our leg. I know that's like a pretty lofty like <laughs> order to to do that in words, um, but as fast as you can. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, I think what what comes to mind are like the teachers that I met when I was teaching at the high school in Kahiwa. Um, and a lot of the teachers I kept in touch with um, after I left the school and I was working in Tokyo at the university. But I would say that those people that I still keep in touch with, the teachers, they're very genuine and they're very kind. Um, mm. And they're very like selfless. I want to say like just through the when I would see them teaching and with their students or even in their interactions with me um they were just really genuine in everything that they did um I was really touched by that and just their intentionality I think um I mean of course that's not all Japanese people but a lot of the Japanese people I know are like that even like some of my closest friends um they are just so hospitable, so kind, um, and just very um, welcoming, I think. Can you describe what that genuineness looks like? Um, genuine, genuinely, like, as in... Like, uh, like, you use the word genuine to describe how they are. Like, what is that... Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like to you? I guess to me it looks like um, not having any like ulterior motives for doing things, I guess. Like I not see, see. really asking for things in return. Not like transactional, like I'm doing this because I want this from you or like... Yeah, something like that, I would say. Like they did it because they really wanted to or you know because they actually did care it wasn't yeah like they wanted something back um, yeah that's really special yeah 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 mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing that I I do think there's something like yeah just like really special about the people in Japan and I have such a soft spot for them um I don't yeah it's hard to put it into words I'm sorry I put you on the spot for that <laughs> it's like it's like how 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 do I describe Japanese people it's like yeah no you're right like they're just very kind very mm. it's it's very special um yeah yeah I, oh sorry no no go ahead um I think too though I feel like for you and I, like, I feel like we both do have a soft spot for uh, Japanese people, you know, like, I think just in our experiences and, like, the people that we've met, you know, I feel like, um, like, I remember there was, like, a moment that I was trying to describe it to someone, like, how I remember this moment that I had at, like, a sushi restaurant in Tsukiji, and I was, like, eating sushi, and then the sushi chef was serving me and my friend and he was like chuckling and I was just overwhelmed with like this love for him. <laughs> this Odisan that I don't know. <laughs> you know yeah. like, but then I feel like it's something that, you know, like God gives us, you know, is that love or that soft spot for Japanese people. 
And I think maybe, it, I don't know, I feel like it's hard to describe what it is that, uh, where that love comes from, you know? I feel like yeah. love for people, it's hard to explain or pinpoint what exactly it is, you know, yeah. that we love about them or, yeah, why we yeah. love them. But yeah, I don't know, but I feel like that's something that, you know, God has given you, me, and like other people too, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just like awaiting, waiting for the day when the borders open up. I can't wait to go back and visit and see all my friends. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Steph, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. I had so much fun chatting with you about all different topics and it's <laughs> been it's been really great. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, before I end this episode and I ask all my listeners, I'm uh, sorry, not listeners, I ask all my um, guests this question um what is something japanesey that you absolutely cannot live without so it can be a food a phrase a way of living or it can literally be like daiso um (laughs) (laughs) can you think of anything uh anything japanesey um i don't know i think something that's been kind of ingrained to me ever since living there is just like random phrases that aren't really translatable mm. <laughs> into English. Um, so, uh, like, just ways of describing things. Like, when we were talking earlier, we were like, mendokusai. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. totally like a thing. But, um, I don't know if it's something I can live without, but it's something that I feel like has become a part of me now. <laughs> it's uh. just become a part of my vernacular. But, yeah. Um, but maybe physically, I think uh, maybe it would have to be. Oh, dude, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I feel like um... yeah, man, I can't think of anything. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Phrases are good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like itadakimasu. Like that's you know. Phrases like that. Stuff like that. Or like Shogunai. Shogunai can't do anything about (laughs) Shogunai. Yeah. So. Uh, (laughs) Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Before we end the podcast, do you mind just saying a prayer for the people in Japan? Um, I love to pray because we can one of course like always ask God for things but more than that we can also praise him for just his love and all that he's already done and accomplished in Japan through the people um yeah so I love for you to to pray for Japan if that's okay yeah of course hey let's pray uh, dear Heavenly Father God, we just thank you so much for this time where Evangeline and I can just talk about Japan and uh, the ways that you've worked, Lord. And right now, we just want to lift up the nation to you right now. Um, we know that you love Japan so much and you love the people there. 
and that you've sent people um, as Evangeline has like interviewed many people um, who have gone and who have loved on the people of Japan, Lord. I just pray that um, that you would continue to use people, Lord, continue to use your believers to just really show the people of Japan how much you love them um, and how much you care for them and that although maybe it might be slow, Lord, I just pray that um, you would continue to work on their hearts. And I also want to just pray for the people that are, you know, in Japan right now who are believers and who are doing the work, Lord. I just pray that you would surround them with your love, with your presence, and that they would not get discouraged, that they would look to you for comfort and for guidance, Lord. Um, but yeah, we just thank you so much for um, this time and for Japan. And also for Evangeline for doing this podcast and showcasing how much you love Japan, Lord. We thank you and love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for praying, Steph. I yeah, appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, friends, for listening to this episode of Care Package to Japan. Um, the purpose of this podcast is to showcase how much God loves the nation of Japan through stories of people. So, If you want to share your experience with us, feel free to email us at carepackagetojapan at gmail.com. And we would love to have you on an episode as well. All right, that's it for today. Bye, everyone. Bye.